Welcome back to the PYP, the Practical Youth Pastor. I'm your host, Chris Holland. And I'm Steve Johnson. Along with Steve, along with Steve Johnson. <laughs> and back again, <laughs> special Josh. intern Josh. Special intern. Who's leaving on Sunday. For college. To go to freaking South Carolina. Y'all, y'all, y'all. college, as if we don't have good colleges out here or a good job waiting yeah. you if you stayed. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> we're in, I think it's season season or series 16 no oh i thought you say season 16 that'd be so cool series it would be cool we, are mean, what? we got more than 50 episodes we're on, a year and a half into this we are december will be two years that's right it's uh, fantastic. so longevity um, <laughs> so what we're talking about is can't we all get along the first episode was on friction on staff what happens when somebody moves into your lane this episode is what happens when somebody moves into your lane you address it and it goes south it gets worse i might have given away a little bit of Mm. From last episode, I guess. I mean, probably the story that if if people if our listeners are following kind of the trend of our life, you can paint a pretty pretty clear picture of the the ups and downs of our careers. But yeah, um, so we face this. You know, even when you address it, when you try to 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 reconcile, or you try to like bring somebody else in. Like the last episode, we talked about how you um maybe you find an advocate and you meet with that person one on one and they they don't listen then you find an advocate like Matthew 18 yeah what well, happens whenever then that person feels like you're moving into their lane and they start getting insecure what happens then Th- when you become a threat you become a kind of a threat what happens that's it I, and again we're all slaves to our own experience but i will say sometimes it will escalate Right. Whenever someone comes to, to, to me, my prayer is that I will receive whatever they've got with humility and I'm terrible at it. And I get defensive and I make excuses and I rationalize, but the Christian is to receive that with humility and understand that this is one of the ways that the Lord sanctifies us right through other believers. A situation, the situation that happened with me was things had bubbled to such a spot that I knew that I had to confront this individual and so on a Sunday, I asked uh, our executive pastor if the three of us could sit down and if he could bring some elders. Yeah. Now, I should have invited the elders myself. Elders weren't there, which in retrospect, huge, huge uh, plot point. Did you have some elders that you in particular would want there? You don't have to name them, but Certainly. you had like your crew that really loved you. Oh, and, and again, cared. I, yeah. the session assigned an elder to me. So it would have been one of it would have been the guy that I spent my Thursday mornings with. Uh, like how? So tell me about that. Like so they assigned it. Yeah. Just randomly, like, or is it somebody you really clicked with and requested? So I didn't request him. I would have. Yeah. He's in glory now, but this isn't. This is one of the best men I've ever met in my life, and I don't ever see that not being the case. He's just a wonderful person. Steve, you said that to me last week at breakfast. It's just kind of how I. It's me. just kind of how I flatter people. <laughs> um. And, and it's funny because I did bring up some concerns and I think that he had this think, thinking, you know, Steve's maybe being a little mature here. Maybe he's blowing this out of proportion. Yeah. Um, but he was kind and patient with me. Yeah. And later he, he validated kind of what my concerns were. Um, no, no elders were present. And I wish I would have then said, well, then let's reschedule. But it didn't happen that way. Did he ever say why he didn't? Um, no. No, did not. Oh, and it's, and again, uh, you know, five, 
five, six years ago, I, I was in a different spot. I can't look back and be like, I should have done this because the reason I have this perspective now is because of what I went through then. We're all, it's the culmination of, of the events in our lives. So we sit at this table and I just kind of start in. I said, okay, well, you're, I started wondering about how we got here. So I start from the previous January. This is in November of, 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 of a year. And I start the previous January because we had been close and then all this stuff happened. And at the very end, um, some of my allegations had come organically in the story. And this individual says, are you calling me a liar? Which fans of rhetoric know that that is a, a, an accusation designed to get you to backpedal. And I just took a deep breath and I said, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, I knew that there probably wouldn't be reconciliation. No coming back from this. No. Is that because your heart had shifted to a hardened position or because you believe his heart, heart had hardened? All right, I'm being very real here. The yeah. system failed me. Yeah. The elders had cut off the staff in its yeah. entirety and refused to talk to us. No. And I started to realize that there's that fear of, I don't have another job lined up and I've got a bunch <laughs> of kids. But I didn't know where else to go. Yeah. And so at that point, the executive pastor said a few words and then the teaching pastor and I kind of awkwardly hugged and that was the beginning of the end. There was a full-on case made against me and things started to fall. Now, that said, um, I think sometimes it's very critical. I have a friend who was in a, a, a similar situation who decided, no, the Lord is calling me to stay here and rectify this. And that's phenomenal. It's wonderful. It was very clear it would not be an option for me with this. And so um, I asked to be included in the layoff scenarios because they were all of a sudden realizing that the, the church was having major solvency issues. So I said, well, how long do you think it'll be until this relationship might be restored or something? And they said, it'll be a while. I said, okay, well then include me. So, you know, God was faithful and connected me with a fantastic job. And then another one, and I'm in a wonderful season and I'm in part-time ministry and all these different things. But the reason I say that is not to say, oh, woe was me, poor me, but to realize that it can go south but you have a responsibility to a path of integrity. And there was plenty of times that I stepped off that path yeah. where I badmouthed him, where I brought my case to others. Uh, it wasn't a coup, but I was very aware of my sin in that yeah. because it went south. And so I went south. Now I will say as a little epilogue, the elders are very good men. And we got, we got together and had um, a great conversation after all was said and done yeah. about eight months later. And, uh, I really appreciate all those men and I asked for their forgiveness and they mine. And it was, so the restoration happened. Yeah. It just didn't happen on, on in the, the way that I kind of wished it had, yeah. but now I see God's hand in it. But again, just because it's easy for me to feel like I was victimized or whatever, my sin was really apparent in that. And if I had to do it over again, um, that's the big thing is how I conducted myself was not often with, or not, not always with integrity in that. But what did, about, did somebody bring that to your mind, or was it something that just through the Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit revealed it to you? The Holy Spirit did. It, the unhealthy patterns that can result in not f being faithful, uh, whether it's the drinking or the nonstop commiserating, or these friendships that I had that really were forged in a way that where when people have been through something, you've got that 
tight relationship, mm-hmm. our friendships took on the identity of commiserating over this. That's mm-hmm. why we got together. And it was just so many different destructive uh, fallouts. Misery loves company. Yeah. And we were all super miserable and that's the company we kept. And, and, and then I started to realize that I'm also, you know, Josh mentioned earlier about causing someone to sin. I'm also stoking the fire of this resentment and this sin and this gossip. And it took me, it took me a while. It took me a long time. So there's nothing to be won from rationalizing the sin in, in this situation, in these situations. Going to that person, it's the same thing you hear about with forgiveness, we forgive because we're called to forgive because we've been forgiven much. But the byproduct of that is an amazing spiritual freedom. Yeah. And I robbed myself of that because I just, I was so angry. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it goes really, really south, but God still worked in that, I guess would be my end of my tirade. Josh, how does it, how does it make you feel? Um, like you want to go into ministry in the future. Yeah, you know, go to college, go to seminary, get a job at a church. How does that make you feel that these types of things are real and they really do happen happen within local churches? Is that discouraging, or is it like, like what's your what's your gut reaction? What Steve's talking about? Well, it brings me back to times where this has happened to me in a less serious manner. Like, a job for me has never been on the line, mm-hmm. like it was for you but relationships have. And I remember going back to those moments and how much, cause I, I hate any turmoil or any tension like that. Just like I'm, I am a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Even if it is not in my best interest, mm-hmm. I'm a peacemaker. So it's a little scary, but at the same time, it's like, I have zero control over it at this point in my life. Like obviously, yeah, it sucks that I hear all these stories. It's not going to change whether I want to go to ministry or not. Like, that's just another obstacle that I'm going to have to face. Sure. And it's nice that I, it's, it sucks, but it's nice that I have experience already in that aspect where I, I am the villain in this type of scenario where, like, I have caused all this sin or, like, I have been the person that has. <laughs> I can't picture you as a villain, but uh, it's a metaphor. I yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely you know what picture I mean? <laughs> Like, I, I have crossed into someone else's line or someone else's boundary. And so I think if that happens to me, it'll be a lot easier in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? So obviously, yeah, it sucks. But at this point, and it makes me a little discouraged, but I can't control it right now, especially. And it doesn't change whether I want to go into ministry or not. Yeah. Good. I think a lot of, you know, why that is part of the reason I think we, we wanted to start this podcast too mm-hmm. was for in particular, like young guys and gals going into ministry so that they can go into it with tools, you know, that'll make them effective and longevity, you know, to be able to stay long-term in their positions. Yeah. I think just hearing your story, Steve, and, and how you handle it versus how you didn't handle it, how you wish you would have handled it, I think is valuable to anybody listening to it, um, to say, Hmm, I don't want to be like Steve Johnson. Yes. <laughs> if you can learn anything from this podcast, it's that. <laughs> I'm kidding. But to, but to hear those things, because I can really relate. I mean, the things you're saying resonate with me, too, where I've felt wronged and very insecure. I've worried about where, you know, what was going to happen with my position or happen with yeah. the 
you know, the ambitious things that I wanted to do within the ministry or for the future. And somebody comes in and kind of puts a halt on it or they jump in front and they start guiding the horses and, you know, the chariot a different direction or like it, it's because we ride horses and chariots in our church in Tucson, Arizona. But right. Yeah. As one would. <laughs> it's one of those things like um, I've I've really operated out of my insecurity a number of times and it's 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 never ended well. Yeah. Um and and I think back I mean in my life like I'm kind of like I'm kind of like a mixture between the two of you. I'm not so brave like you Steve to just to run in and start that meeting together. And my heart leans a lot towards Josh's side of like um think when you said like you want harmony and and whatnot like yeah. and and just knowing you you really want desire everybody to get along and i'm kind of somewhere in the middle and it's hard for me sometimes to do that i have to push back though <laughs> you actually are more courageous than i am remember what i said in the beginning of last episode which is i operate in this kind of placid way to where all of a sudden <laughs> i feel like oh okay this is going to happen and then i get real bold and aggressive yeah I am a people pleaser up until I realize, okay, maybe I can't please this person. Well, maybe I'm in the same boat. The same yeah, boat. Then. But I, I just between you and I, I know some of some of your your courageous steps, and I remember feeling envious of like, wow, I wish I, I wish I had handled myself like Chris. So anyway, I know the point you're making. Is that why you got the wristband? WWCD right here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, but but I, I I hear what you're saying. Um, but but no, I'd I'd say you've you've led cre- I, courageously in this area. Maybe I mean, but. Your situations happened many years ago. I mean, mine are happening more recently. And mm. so, but, um, but I still think my heart is leaned towards. I just want to do what's easiest to get out of this. Yeah, and I think there's a huge amount of value in what you said you did when getting with an executive pastor, trying to find an advocate. Now, how you dealt with that afterwards because your expectations weren't met. Right now, who knows if your expectation? I mean, hopefully, every Christian. If God's in, if God is in the industry of reconciliation, then we should want nothing but reconciliation for every situation. Correct. Right? And so, your desire for reconciliation and justice to occur, regardless of what the scenario was or what your pastor felt like, you know, you felt like he was lying about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we still want sinners to recon- be reconciled to God. Absolutely. Whether it's a pastor who has sinned or a parent or whatever, um, and so your intentions in that, I think, were really, really good and healthy. Um, and I think a lot of this is just me being open with my own insecurities and fears. You know, I worry about the things that I say if I'm trying to stand up for myself or someone else or be an advocate or whatever. I I know that in my heart, like the drawing towards painting myself in a in a positive picture or or getting on a side and not being a righteous judge mm-hmm. in that. Like I feel, I can sense my weakness in that, and my drawing to say what makes the person right next to me who's crying, or sad, or hurt feel better. Um, you know, being a righteous judge in those moments, whether you're sitting with someone who was wronged or you're the one who's wronged, um, having a good relationship with Jesus in those moments and saying, "Well, well Lord, I feel this way. Like you are unrighteously judged." Right, you were innocent. How did you give me the same? Yeah, I've earned heart. some of this. <laughs> like, yeah, like help me, you know. And having a really honest conversation with Jesus—that's like, Lord, you were so. And recalling in your mind, like, okay, so you get cornered by this prostitute who's on the ground, thrown in front of you by these people, these lawyers who are saying, "You judge her, Jesus." 
you know, and you dealt with that so graciously and yet so bravely and yet so perfectly and righteously. Yeah. Like, I need that kind of wisdom, like, in my life, Lord. Like, will you do the same thing, work in me? And Holy Spirit, inform me and, and speak through me in that way in this scenario. Oftentimes, my heart just doesn't go to that place where I'm, like, really talking to Jesus about it honestly and saying, I really want, I, I really want to handle this the right way. You know, and I think that that's one of those places where the point I'm getting at is um, those challenges of someone moving into our lane, those are little opportunities for exercise of faith and growth. Right. And that I've handled things through the gears poorly. I've, you know, we all do. Um, but when we, when we sit back and say, whoa, this really is a challenge to cling to the Lord in this. Jesus is, is in control, but not only is he in control, he's given me an opportunity to exercise faith in the midst of this. And to go to, to Jesus straight up and just, man, I need help and to be just like you were. And this is really hard. I want justice for my friend or I want justice for myself. I want this person to be nailed to the wall for moving in my lane. I think a whole lot of that work, like the real soul work, the real work that matters really is. That's an opportunity for us to draw close to, to Jesus. Right. And draw close to the Spirit and be like, man, please help me. Like, I can't do this alone. Well, because every aspect of the story, whether how I handled it wrong or somebody else did wrong, yeah. all it shows is our natural propensity to handle things wrong. I'm really on our good own at strength it, yeah. and on our own discernment, we will handle it wrong. The second we unplug from that power source that is Christ, we will handle it beautifully wrong, like mind-blowingly wrong. And I think that understanding that the more you go through that, one of the gifts too is say, I don't want to be back in that situation again. Yeah. So how, yeah. how can I, how can I present myself humbly so that maybe, maybe uh, my lanes aren't that critical to me. Yeah. Maybe I can, may, maybe what Christ wants for me is to be humble and, and understand, you know what? There's some collaboration here, Yeah. but yeah, anytime. And that's my only thing for, for Josh is that the only tough part about, well, the, the two biggest obstacles to ministry are your own sin no. and other people. <laughs> so, so yeah. Da-da-da. Yeah. So those, those, those two, you nail those, man, and you will have the most fun ministry of all ministries. Just expect it. Yeah. And be like, these are opportunities, it's, man. What is it, beautifully broken? Yeah. That's what it is, man. It really is. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for this episode. In the next episode, which will be a very short episode, we're going to give you some very practical advice. If you feel like you've gone to the person who's gone to your land, maybe that's your boss, your pastor, whatever, and it's just gone incredibly south. And like Steve said, you know, it ended up being ending in a, a separation where he left. Um, and then whatever happened with church happened. If you feel like you're barreling towards that, we want to give you some practical tools on how to prepare yourself for that how to get ready for that, and how to move to the next stage in your ministry and in your life. Guys, thanks for joining us. We'll be back for episode three, series 16. So glad to be back. We'll see you next time.